0: We know that building and running a company is hard work and that its success requires great leadership. Because we believe people can achieve incredible things, we want to shine a light on those people who are improving their organizations. Join us as Core Talent's Laura King invites presidents, CEOs, and executives to share their stories on how they have transformed their business and implemented unique strategies to ensure its success. Welcome to Core Talent Connects. Here's your host, Laura King.
1: Welcome, everyone. I am here today with Nicole Middendorf. Nicole is a... I'm stealing this from your LinkedIn profile, Nicole. You are a money maven, a knowledge junkie, a born coach. You're an entrepreneur who runs your own wealth management practice since 2003, the author of five books, an accomplished speaker, and the mother of two phenomenal children. I also want to add that Nicole just won the 2020 NABO, Minnesota Women Business Owner of the Year. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, let's get right into it. So I, for, the, for people who have never heard of you before, who have been living under a rock here in the Twin Cities, tell us your story. How did, the, how did this business come to be?
2: I always thought I would own a business because my mom would own a business. And um, she had it set up eventually that I was never in daycare. She um, had a hair salon so then even put a facility in her home. And so I was on a little baby blanket and then eventually in a pack and play. And I was a figure skater as I grew up. And so I grew up coming to my ice skating shows and my practices and my competitions and stuff. So I just grew up with this idea that, wow, like the only way that I can be a mom and, you know, have the world of business is to really be in control of my schedule and be, and be a business owner. So I just always had this in the back of my mind, but yet I always, and still, I want to leave a legacy and I want to make an impact. I want something to exist when I'm no longer around. And so I loved um, like Madeline Albright. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I had lived and studied over in Germany in high school and then also in college. And I just fell in love with the UN. And so I just had this big picture of this, you know, grandiose idea of I'm going to go to law school and this is what I'm going to do. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) Because usually, you know, these big plans that we have when we're we're kids, um, things don't necessarily work out how we think them. But I believe like everything happens for a reason. And I'm completely blessed like to be able to be on tv and radio and write books and be creative but yet also use my analytical skills and invest in stocks and research things and I'm super organized and I'm a perfectionist like all the the natural abilities that I have is is just perfect to be a wealth
1: advisor let, to let alone be a business owner so when you first started, though, when you first started, and you didn't have a team. How did you, how did you survive?
2: <laughs> I worked all the time. And so, so in 2003, I left Morgan Stanley. And when I did that, I had, I had uh, joined Navo. And I still have the notebook <laughs> that I went to a meeting with, with pros and cons of starting my own business and taking this leap of faith. And, um, and the other thing was Janet Dolan. she's the former CEO of Tenet she had said to me, you know, Nicole, take risks when you're young. And so I just was like, okay, I've like, I've got to do this. Like, you know, and, and so I resigned and and started my own firm. And, you know, I, you know, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any health insurance. Like I was not smart because I fell down a flight of stairs. (laughs) I mean, You know, I I remember buying an LCD projector from Best Buy for $600 and I put it on a 0% interest credit card. You know, like, and I I lived like I was in college. Like, you know, macaroni and cheese and ramen noodles and bread and butter and just scrimped and scraped. And, you know, like my business really was, is my first baby. And you just put your blood, sweat and tears. And, you know, everyone sees like, the end, like they see the now and yeah, they're like, oh, wow, look at, you know, what a great life, but they don't see, you know, the 10 years of, you know, struggle and work, you know, I, I was proud of the fact that like, I worked every day. I was proud of the fact that it was Christmas and it was the day after Christmas, my birthday and where am I? I'm, you know, working at the office. But when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And I feel so blessed to be able to inspire people and help people. And I have this ability to take something that for me, even personally, when I was younger, money was overwhelming. And so I always have that feeling of overwhelming and intimidation. And so I have this ability to take something that's overwhelming and complex and boring, money, and make it really fun and interesting and help inspire people. So I feel feel very blessed.
1: That you have made it interesting, you've made it fun, and and uh, to your point earlier, I do believe that we get rewarded in public for what we do in private. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and for what you did for ten plus years is now being rewarded. the The question, though that um, that I had just listening to your story, Nicole, is I'm I'm hearing this a lot. Talking to talent and people who are thinking about a lot of different things as it relates to their future. How did you know that this was what you wanted to kind of put your your feet in the sand and, and or remark that this is this is what I want to do? Like, how did you know have that foresight that this is the industry and this is the space that you belong?
2: I, I didn't. I really didn't like up until I so in 2010 is when I came up with the Live It list and um, and I didn't and it really wasn't until the Live It list was around for about five years that like that's when it finally like sunk in like wow like and that was only a couple of years ago where I'm like I was meant to do this like how just everything kind of like all fit together but I, I never planned on being a financial advisor. I got married right out of college. I married someone that dreamt of being a stockbroker. He had gone to college for finance. And so I sold Mary Kay Cosmetics. I sold makeup, started selling makeup to the men at the Morgan Stanley office in Wayzata. And a branch manager would pull me aside and he's like, If you can sell makeup to men, like you can do anything, you should be, you know, a financial advisor. I'm like, No, that's okay. Like that's my husband's career. And, You know, I this dream to go to law school and that, you know, wasn't meant to be. And so it wasn't, this was not a career at all that I picked. Um, You know, I'm a survivor of domestic violence. I didn't really want this. Um, But it's turned out, like, I, I really believe, like, out of the worst things in life comes some of the best. And so in 2010, when my personal life really took a huge dive, um, that's when I just, my daughter was six months old, my son was two, and I sat down, I got them to bed and I sat down on my bed and I'm like, what just happened? Like, how was I married and just miserable for 11 years? Like, my life was my work and, and partly it was my escape as well. But it's like, I stopped traveling. I stopped being this social person that I was. And I had really, truly lost myself. Like I lost that inner fire, that inner passion, that inner drive, that inner feeling. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me think back. Like when I was younger and a figure skater, and when I was in college, I was at lists. So I'm like, I'm going to rewrite my bucket list. So I'm, I rewrote my list and I wrote down 12 things. And I just committed to myself that I was going to do one thing a month for a year. Cause I thought, okay, that's going to like, that's how long my divorce is going to (laughs) take. I was wrong. (laughs) I'm like, that's, that's what will help me like, you know, get, get myself back and boost my confidence back. And I, one of the first things that I decided to do was to drive a race car. So I hopped on a plane and fly to Vegas to drive a race car. And the gentleman on the plane sitting next to me, you know, when you have someone that has to talk to you the whole time. He couldn't understand why I was flying to Vegas to not to gamble. And I'm like, I'm a financial advisor. I gamble with people's money every single day. I'm simply just going out to Vegas to drive a race car because I redid my bucket list. And I'm doing one thing a month. And he goes, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. You're so young. Is it cancer? And so when I landed, I texted Catherine, who handles all of our marketing. I said, I I can't do this. I, I can't do one thing a month for a year, telling people that I'm doing something on my bucket list because they think I'm dying. I'm like, yeah, I am dying when I'm 104, but you know, not today. So we came up with a limit list, trademarked it and I continued to do one thing a month. And then, you know, one of the times, you know, I had my business attorney do it with me and then my CPA, we did something and then I started involving clients and friends and I was like, wow, okay, maybe there's something here. And then I started learning this, some of these statistics that one in three Americans is happy. I also learned if you spend money on experiences, you're going to be happier than if you spend money on things. And then I started my own foundation. And so now we grant live list experiences and the live list is all part of our financial planning. Yes, we're going to help people get to retirement and we want to help them sell their businesses and get their kids to college and achieve their dreams. But it's also what really makes
1: you happy. Right. Like right now, right now, not, not 10, 20, 30 years from now.
2: Right. What's on your limit list? What are you going to do? And so that it's all about, yes, let's plan for the future, but let's also live mu- with life today with enjoyment and fulfillment.
1: So how does that play into, I mean, you're, you're such a light and you are positive are positive, and you've got this, this, um, the future is going to be brighter than it is uh, that that many, I think, people are, are not taking that same stance, right? There's a lot of people living in that fear. And obviously, there's so much uncertainty in our world. So how do you show up well? How do you motivate, whether it's a team member, whether it's a client, when they're in a really deep, dark, bad space? A
2: lot of fear is driven by the unknown, And so the more that you can write things down, the more that you can get your thoughts and think about your emotions. I used to always say like, you know, you need to separate your emotions from your finances. It's not really that. You first need to figure out like, what are my emotions? Like, how am I feeling? Like, really, what is it? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? If it's fear, like, what am I afraid of? And so you think about these emotions and think about them and acknowledge them and then say, okay. I need a plan. And I'm always coming from the standpoint of like, what if, you know, like, I mean, we had a client yesterday, they all of a sudden, this was just a complete shock. They're like, we're going to buy a cabin. Like, okay. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going to (laughs) work. And then I learned from them that they want to sell their main home and downsize. And so I'm like, okay, so what if? What if, you know, you buy the cabin and you need to actually put more money into it? And what if the home that you're in now, what if we do go into a depression and you can't sell that house? And so it's always, you know, that eliminates the fear if you're looking at things from a what if standpoint. And it doesn't mean like you think of every worst case scenario that could be possibly out there, but realistically, what are some of the practical things? Because if you think about the what ifs, you're getting rid of that fear. You're like, okay. Okay. You know, so if my house doesn't sell for six months, it's not the end of the world. Or what are if if that happens, you know, we're going to cut our finances or we're going to cut some spending this way. You know, what are some other options? It helps you really come up with a plan because if you have a plan, you know where you're going and you're like, okay, you know, it's make your plan as bulletproof as possible. And then it's also really, you know, for me, it's being grateful. You know, so many times people that really find out like, you know, the stuff that happened to me, they're like, how can you not be bitter? Like, how can you not be angry? I'm like, okay, so if I wake up every morning and I'm angry, how does that serve me? How does it serve me or how does that serve my kids? How does it serve my team members? How does it serve my employees? It doesn't. It's not good for anyone. And so every morning when I wake up, it's like, okay, what are the three things that I'm grateful for? And what are the three things that I'm going to do today to really live my life to the fullest? And then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, So what were the three great things? And don't get me wrong. Like there are some days where I'm like, I write down what am I grateful for? That I was able to breathe today. (laughs) Like, you know, we all have bad days and social media shows just life is all perfect and, you know, rainbows and roses. And it's, it's not, but it's all about the power of your mind. And it's all about setting that intention. And your mind is the most powerful muscle that you have. And so it's really figuring it out what are your strengths and what motivates you and what's really important to you? I know for me, like being outside is super important. Being in the sun is super important being in like near water or by water and then working out and eating right like those are like my things and if i don't necessarily have those things i'm kind of grumpier and not as happy as if i do and so it's really figuring out for you what what really drives you what motivates you what makes you feel good and making sure that you're doing those things
1: i love that and and is there is there a, a moment in time where you really learned the mindset and the power of the mind, which many of us, we, we listen to that and say, yes, I believe that, but don't always live it. How do you, do you remember a moment in time or that you really learned that lesson? It was back when I was a, a figure skating coach and my, so when I was a
2: figure skater, one of my coaches had her master's in psychology. And so she just like taught me a few tricks or just really gave me this good foundation where like, I mean, there's so many days that like, I love psychology and there's so many days that I feel like I'm a therapist really, but it's like, you know, I, I read and I'm a sponge for like any books that are about that. But when I became a coach, my, some of my students, my figure skating students would come over to me and they would say, Oh, I can't do this. And I would watch like this frustration and I would just like watch like the power and like, how their mind had control over them because they said they couldn't do it. So what I did was, is I said, okay, if you're going to come over to me at the boards and you're going to tell me you can't do this, I don't know what that word is. Like, I don't, it's, it's, I don't, I don't get it. So every time you say that word, you're going to pay me a dollar. So what happens? They stop saying the word. So they stop coming over to me at the board saying, oh, I can't do this. And they just would do it. And they would try the jump. They would try the spin or whatever. They took their mental block or that that block off of their brain. Now, the money I gave to their parents and the kids had no idea, (laughs) but it was all psychological. And so that's the thing. Like, you know, that's I'm such a Peloton person. Like Peloton is a great example of that motivation. Like you hop on, like I used to hate running and I hopped on the treadmill this morning for a 30 minute run. Like, are you kidding me? Like a year ago, me running for 30 minutes, like that's not happening. And it's like this morning, I don't want to say it was a breeze, but you're like listening to someone and they're talking about like the power of the mind and setting your intention and, you know, you just getting in that zone. And so it's all about getting in the zone uh, in life, in money, in business, your career, your whatever, you know, whatever you want, whatever is important to you.
1: Fantastic. How about um, the advice? that you have for other business leaders navigating in these quite turbulent times today?
2: It's really, you know, when it comes to like having your team and having employees and having people around you, it's really listening and really setting good intentions and setting good boundaries and really making sure that people that that you're asking those questions, you know, because... The other day we had, I was on a Zoom meeting and um you know this woman popped up and and um she's like how are you? And I'm like I'm really struggling right now because like I'm trying to come up with a different word for busy. And so we kind of just had this like little bit banter back and forth like so many times people are like you know how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm busy. How are you? I'm good. But it's really taking that time when you're talking to a client, a team member, or whomever, you know it sounds like I'm fine. it's it's better to like dig a little bit deeper. So not only do you wanna dig a little bit deeper to yourself during these times, but the people that are around you because many, many people are struggling. You know, these are unprecedented times. And so, you know, that's the one beauty of the thing that I see as a wealth advisor is, you know, I see business owners right now that are transforming their businesses, that are figuring out, you know, how to have more growth. And some of them are hiring more employees and doing great. And then on the other extreme, I have some business owners that I'm helping try to figure out. And we're coming up with a plan to sell off some of their businesses or which, you know, which ones do they close? Which ones do they keep their succession plan? And then employees, you know, those people that have lost their jobs and are trying to figure out and we have lots of clients that are saying, you know what, I'm just going to retire. Can I? Can I really afford to retire right now? And so there's all these questions and all, there's all these unknowns. And so it's sitting with that and talking with people and not being hesitant to open up and be vulnerable because, you know, all of us are going through this at the same time. We all may be experiencing different things, but I mean, this is stressful to be, you know, working remotely to, you know, all just the, the craziness of it it's it's hard for anyone to deal with and it's been going on for a long period of time and so it's okay what can you do how can you have a schedule how can you have some structure what are some things that you can put in this place for yourself your clients your team members and we really we've just been i've always been inspirational and in doing videos and but we really even took that more of, okay let's send out more emails to our clients more videos more you know The world is not crashing, (laughs) the market is going to be volatile, things are going to go up and down, you know, but as long as you have a financial plan, as long as you have a plan for your business, your life, you're going to be okay. And we're all going to get through this together, but it's going to, it's going to be some bumps in the road and it's how do you react to those bumps and how do you manage those bumps when you're going through them? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. What else is um, on your mind? what other things that you know because we've got we've got people listening in that are business owners we've got people who are maybe even even younger in their career and they're they're not accustomed to even understanding like how do i how do I even plan for the future so i mean the mm-hmm. the overarching question is when when you are Working with, call it a client. Whether you're working with um, maybe someone on your team, what things are you encouraging them to do? Maybe outside of their time with you, because sometimes it's it's. Um, I, I heard this from another, another business owner that they actually had some required reading. And, and so rather than um, having their employees slip into the, the habit of watching Netflix or, you know, getting it, too much into social media, they were reading some really solid books that were enlightening their mind. And, and it just, do you have any other, other tips like that that you could impart?
2: Yeah, one of the things, um, when they were, I don't remember the exact week, it was like two or three weeks ago, when they wanted to have uh, the bestseller list be all uh, authors of color you know, at our huddle, um, I was like, whoever wants books, you know, you can have two books, you know, Brandy will order them on my Amazon account for you. Um, And so I'm all about like education and inspiring. But one of the things um, that we haven't done yet, but we're in the process of getting it together, there's those journals that are, um, you write down, you know, for the year, but you do it for either like three years or five years. And so you're writing, so let's say, you know, today is July 24th. So you're writing down, you know, what, where am I at today? And then you'll have that same page a year from now. And then that same page a year later. And so that's where you can look back of, okay, where was I a year ago? And so I've done this for myself, but we're also going to implement that so that our team members are doing that. And it's all about, like, same thing, like, you know, for the average person, I'm just a huge advocate of always giving big tips, you know, like having a budget, you know, 98% of the American population does not live under a budget. And so a lot of people have more time right now. And so take advantage of that time that you have to get yourself in a better financial state when we come out of this. And so budgeting is not fun, but we have a budget worksheet on our website. You know, we have little tips of, you know, take a timer and set it for 15 minutes and work on it, but start tracking your expenses. Because the biggest thing that I've seen is people have a huge opportunity right now because most of us are spending less money. So if you're spending less money, where's that money going? utilize this huge opportunity to figure out your budget and set yourself up in a better financial state later on because we're not traveling. We're not spending money on entertainment and all the things that we used to be spending money on like, like before. And then it's, if you're in a relationship, it's having a money date. And if you're single, it's having a money date with yourself or your wealth advisor, but it's really sitting down and like my last book, chapter nine, it's all just questions. And it's, you know, if if you won a million dollars, what would you do with it? And what are the three things that keep you up at night about money? And so it's one, answering these questions for yourself. But then if you're in a relationship, answering those questions with your significant other and for your significant other so that you can be on the same page. And then, you know, a crazy simple tip because most people have credit card debt and like the goal is to get rid of it if you have it. But take a glass of water, put the credit card in there, and put it in the freezer. Because as we talked earlier, so much of this is psychological. Because if you have access to your credit card, or like now it's so easy to buy things online, don't have it set that you just click, click, buy. <laughs> like, have it be that you physically need to take out your card and enter in that card number before you buy the item. Or put the items in your cart and don't let yourself spend your cart or, you know, empty your cart and buy the stuff until Friday. Because what happens? So many times, like I was messaging last night with a client and he was like, yeah, I want to buy this. And it, you know, it's a $3,000 like toy that he doesn't really need. I'm like, is that a want or a need? (laughs) He's like, well, it's a want, but I'm kind of needing it right now. No, you're really not. And so the concept of the glass of water and putting the credit card in there and putting it in the freezer is if you have to buy this item, whatever it is, you have to take that glass out of the freezer and wait for it to thaw. It's all about slowing down. And if anything, um, a client of mine put out a post on Instagram yesterday about, you know, every, so many people are like, oh, 2020 know, is just awful. I just want it to be over with. Like, what a horrible year. And she's like, let's flip it. She goes, think about 2020. And she's like, what if this is the year to cause you to pause? What, is if, what if this is the year to like force you to slow down, to stop, to think about things differently? And so to utilize this time to, you know, give yourself pause, give yourself time to breathe.
1: And I think that's exactly, <clears throat> that's what's happening. At least I know in, uh, in our neck of the woods here, we've got lots of young families that are all eating dinner together a lot more than they would be if they were carting all the kids off to all the different activities and the beauty of of having dinner together as a family and what that's doing. Right, right. Well, Nicole, uh, we're going to hop into our lightning round so I know this one will serve you. What is a book that you've read in the last three years that you recommend most to others?
2: Essentialism. Um, and there's some David Grogan's book can't hurt me and essentialism, which is great. I think it's Greg McCowan is his name. Um, both of those were just awesome. And that's where I, I used to read when I would travel and that traveling is not happening. And so I really have made it a focused effort to read every single night. So I actually am reading so much more than I ever <laughs> planned on, which is awesome. But yes, Essentialism yes. and Can't Hurt Me from David Braggins.
1: We'll link to both of those books in the show notes as well as we will link to uh, the Prosper Well website since there's so many great um, tips and tricks and lots of good resources. What is your favorite app and why? Um, My favorite app is the five
2: minute, I want to get it right, the five minute journal. And it's the app where every morning is where I go in and I type in the three things that I'm grateful for. And then what am I going to do to the three things that I'm going to do today to make that happen. And then at the end of the night, the three great things that happened for the day. But I love it because you can attach a picture. and so it's you know Facebook's kind of fun because it's like oh look at where you were you know eight years ago and it shows how little the kids were and stuff but this is really neat because it's a it's a it's something I was doing already but it attaches a picture to it and it's just this great um great great app it's it's
1: just been it's been really really helpful I'm sure others will find it helpful as well what is a fun fact people would never guess about you um I love kickboxing and I have a uh, a formal, former professional
2: uh, boxing instructor. And so it's funny because, um, you know, uh, and that's, I miss dancing, having my dance lessons. And I miss my boxing lessons uh, with my instructor. But it's funny because I'll, you know, I'm going boxing and you're like, you're going boxing? I'm like, yeah, like I put on the gloves and I, you know, I'm punching at another guy. <laughs> so it's very empowering.
1: That is very empowering. I've done it not to another person, to just one of the bags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, phenomenal. Do you, uh, I think we, yeah, we talked about this, but you other than your morning routine with the five-minute journal, is there anything else that you're religious about in the morning? It's working out.
2: Lifting weights for me, and that's part of, so when I bought this commercial building um, I, almost two years ago now, um, it was so important for me. I hate the word balance, but to have more balance in my life, And so, and also a place for my team members to be able to work out and having that focus of health and the importance of it. And so downstairs, we've got a workout room and I've got the Peloton treadmill in there, weight system, everything, all of this stuff. And so for me, that running and then the, the, for the cardio, but lifting weights, that feeling of strength and empowerment and just blaring the music and just getting in my head and, you know, thinking of things and what's really important
1: phenomenal. Well, Nicole, we can't thank you enough for your time today. And thanks for sharing all of your nuggets of wisdom with us. Yes. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining us on Core Talent Connects. If you enjoyed today's episode, Please leave us a review on your podcast app and share this episode with a friend or colleague.
1: Hi, I'm Laura King from Core Talent. I'd like to invite you to visit CoreTalent.com to learn more about how Core Talent accelerates business growth through people. That's cortalen T.com. And if you're interested in having me speak on a panel or at your next event about the evolution of recruiting, modern workplace culture, retention, or employee engagement, please drop me a note at alking at com or ping me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.